Hi, it's Danielle. Laura and I are in the throes of holiday preparations. We can barely get a day in to wrap the gifts. I want to share our latest parenthood cheat code, factory ready-to-eat meal delivery service. I know I shared about the meals last month. This month, I want to talk about the other options. Factor has the lunch and dinner meals covered, but there are breakfast items as well as some fresh-pressed juice and smoothies. I know all other parents can appreciate the grab-and-go options. I like to pack a smaller cooler of snacks when I head out with the kids, and this keeps me from overspending on food. And I can make better, healthier choices for myself and the family. They have some delicious smoothies the kids have really enjoyed, like the mango, strawberry, banana, all your basics, but just really fresh, and you can actually taste the fruit, okay? It's not just sugar, which I can appreciate because sometimes you can buy these um, smoothie drinks like at the store and it's just all you taste is sugar in them really. So I really like them and I know the kids enjoy them. This December, you can get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh meals and snacks delivered to your door. So head to factormeals.com slash birthstoriescolor50 to get 50% off. That's code birthstoriescolor50 at factormeals.com slash birthstoriescolor50 to get 50% off. Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Hi, it's Danielle, one of your hosts of Birth Stories in Color. There has been some recent findings about hyperemesis gravidarum, and I wanted to take some time to just chat about it. I know we usually share stories or, you know, have some community shares, but today I just want to delve into something that I know that has plagued some of our listeners and even some of our storytellers. So hyperemesis gravidarum is a persistent, severe vomiting leading to weight loss and dehydration, and it's a condition that often occurs during pregnancy. Now, the journal Nature released the latest findings regarding the cause of hyperemesis gravidarum. Now, this condition has plagued many pregnancies, and it makes it unbearable for some expecting people to eat, gain proper weight, as I said before, and can really steal the joy of pregnancy. Providers can often minimize the concerns of their patients when they share that their nausea and vomiting is extreme and that they don't subside at the end of the first trimester. And if we consider that the voices of Black and brown women are often diminished in healthcare settings, we have our own storytellers that have kind of delved into their recollections of the challenges of having hyperemesis gavardarum. One such storyteller was Arielle Pitts-Thomas. And we recall her story and just kind of letting her speak, um, hear her words and how she described it in her own, and how it really had her feeling throughout the pregnancy as hers is one of those cases that went beyond the first trimester and really Throughout most of her pregnancy, she had to deal with that. So just pause in this moment and listen to Arielle share her own experiences. I found out I was pregnant versus when I had symptoms of being pregnant were different times. Um, We were traveling, and this is pre-pandemic, but uh, late 2019 going into 2020, And Stefan actually got a stomach bug while we were traveling. And so he was sick for maybe 24 hours. And then a day or so later, I I felt sick. Like I started feeling really nauseated and I was vomiting and we're still traveling. 
Um, and I'm just like, oh, I must have caught, you know, what you had. But it just never the nausea of it, the vomiting, like it just never went away. And so when we got home, I started to notice things that I normally would have, like I'm a habitual coffee drinker. And I just didn't want because I still had this nauseous feeling. And, you know, he's like, you're probably pregnant. And I, I was in complete denial. You know, I think I was at that phase of associating every pregnant symptom with a PMS symptom. So I'm like, no, starting at PMS, you know, this is just what's happening. And um, slowly started to realize kind of how late I was and um, but still in denial, took a pregnancy test and like fly by night, took a pregnancy test and was like, I got to go run and teach a dance class. And the test was positive, but I was like, I don't trust these lines. So, you know, I'm going to go teach this class and um, pick up a test with words that can, you know, very clearly express to me that what I know, which is that I'm not pregnant. And um, after several tests, obviously was uh, confirmed I was pregnant. But from that moment, um, from traveling, I never really stopped feeling nauseous and, and vomiting. And so it kind of started to to shape what that what pregnancy started to feel like for me um, really early on. Um, by that point, I was maybe five or four or five weeks. Um, and I, uh, you know, had some nervousness around it. I'd had a chemical pregnancy before. And so um, because of that, I think uh, every day I was just nervous, nervous of, you know, am I going to wake up? And it's like every time I would wipe, I would be looking like, is there blood? Or um, even though I had like really bad morning sickness, I associated it with the baby's health. So I felt like everything I read said, if you have morning sickness, then typically your baby is fine. So while I hated having it, I thought as long as I have this, then I know my baby is okay. So I had, I had a lot of fear going into it um, and then dealing with the morning sickness. Early in my pregnancy, I did get a, get the flu. And again, this was um, pre-pandemic, but starting off in the pandemic. Um, so I ultimately reached out to um, who would end up being my doula, Monique, because I didn't have anyone um, that knew I was pregnant and my um, provider was unresponsive. So I, I didn't know what to do with being sick. And that kind of started my journey of having um, having that doula support, even though it was informal at that time, um, you know, really reaching out to find out what can I do? What what shouldn't I do? How can I make sure I'm healthy? Um, and at that point, Monique shared with me that, you know, it was never too early to, to get a doula. And I think I, I learned that along the journey that um, you can engage a doula really even before um, getting pregnant. And, um, you know, she really was by my side from that point moving forward and got me connected into um, the the doula network that she was with. And um, I had a chance to to talk to Danny. And Danny, uh, you know, I, I remember that conversation with you, like so specifically because I was in the throes of morning sickness. And my um, morning sickness had gotten to the point where I was driving to work and I had a doggy bag in my car because I would be throwing up on the drive. And then I would arrive and be throwing up in the garage and finding bathrooms, you know, because you don't really want to, you don't want to throw up, but you definitely don't want to throw up and, and sound like that at work. Um, but, you know, Danny just 
giving me guidance on, you know, you need to make some eating changes. You know, you have to change. You, I was eating crackers and ginger ale because that's what you read, you know, to eat crackers and drink ginger ale. But Danny's like, so sugar and carbs that turn into sugar. And <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's pretty accurate when you put it that way. And so um, I think that piece of of the morning sickness really started out the pregnancy, but also very early on needing to address and disassociate that with the health of, of the baby um, throughout the pregnancy. And that, that was a, a theme I think of my pregnancy was constantly needing to name the fears that I had and um, really address them head on and, and really address like the why behind them. Um, ultimately, throughout my pregnancy, I I had HG. Um, so I uh, ended up with morning sickness or or vomiting for the first six months of my pregnancy. And that, that became pretty discouraging. I think um, after that three-month mark, you know, I think I expected it for the first trimester, but I'd read that, you know, the second trimester is just this blissful state and got to that that fourth month and was at that point vomiting four or five times a day. And I mean, it was just taking so, so much out of me. Um, and then on top of that, that's when the pandemic really started. Um, so it was just this period of feeling really, you know, isolated, not really knowing what to expect, um, but also really exhausted um, from just that morning sickness and it not subsiding. Um, and so when I talk about my pregnancy and even just the birth, the word that I use to describe it is surrender. Um, because I just think from that moment of traveling, I had to surrender my body. I had to surrender just my thoughts and the framework of thoughts that I had around what pregnancy would look like and what it ultimately looked like in the pandemic. Um, and then even with the HG, um, you know, it felt like nothing worked. And then finally, my provider gave me something that did work, but it was a sample. And when I went to get the sample, because it, it actually worked, it was a lot of money and a lot more money than what I felt like it was worth knowing that my my symptoms didn't have an end in sight. And so, um, I just kind of powered through that piece of it. Um, the other piece with my pregnancy was I did change medical providers. So I shared earlier that when I'd gotten sick, my medical provider was unresponsive. And um, that kind of set the tone for a lot of things with the pregnancy and just with the expectations from them. Um, when we had our first visit, which I think is like the eight or nine week mark um, where they kind of verify um, the heartbeat and all of that, uh, my husband, uh, Stefan, he brought up to the provider like, hey, this is a concern for us. You weren't, your office wasn't responsive. We just want to make sure that's not normal practice. And um, the interaction with the provider was just really tense. And um, I remember thinking like, I have been with this, this provider for years, but I also, this is his first experience and I don't want this to feel negative, um, but ultimately made the decision um, to, to switch providers because I couldn't risk that level of inconsistency, especially in the pandemic and especially as 
visits were transitioning to just me alone. Um, I couldn't, you know, go into a visit wondering what mood is my provider going to be in? Are they going to respond to my needs when I need them? Um, it ended up being a really scary transition, but such a great decision. Um, the provider I ended up with was absolutely perfect for our family and for ultimately our birth. Researchers have pinpointed a hormone released by growing fetuses that might cause a debilitating form of morning sickness. Women who are more sensitive to the hormone, which increases during early pregnancy, might be at greater risk of experiencing a severe form of nausea and vomiting, which I refer to as hyperemesis gravidurum. So according to their study, and this is from the Nature article, the researchers found that women who had high levels of the hormone GDF-15 before they got pregnant had minimal reactions to it while carrying their baby. The findings suggest that giving GDF-15 to those at a high risk for hyperemesis gravidarum before pregnancy could protect them from the condition. Now, one of the study co-authors, Stephen O. Rahili, a metabolism researcher at the University of Cambridge in the UK, says that although their study suggests that GDF-15 influences the risk of severe sickness, other factors might have a role. Roughly 70% of women experience nausea and vomiting during pregnancy, colloquially termed basically morning sickness, even though it can occur at any time. Now, the people experiencing hyperemesis gravidurum, those symptoms are so severe that they have difficulty eating, drinking, and doing everyday activities. In the worst cases, this can lead to death from dehydration, and it is extremely disabling for them. Um, and that reminds me of just how Ariel talked about, you know, getting up and bringing, like, bags, barf bags everywhere she went and spending half her day in a bathroom, you know, and and really not having the support she, that she needed from her provider, especially early on in the pregnancy when it was happening. And then when she did find relief for it, it became something that was not even accessible. Um, so the researchers have shown that that GDF-15 hormone is produced at low levels by organs, including the prostate, bladder, and kidneys, and can trigger nausea by binding to specialized receptors in the brainstem. After ingesting toxic substances and during early pregnancy, levels of this hormone increase, causing sickness. It's usually worse in the first trimester, and then it gradually fades. So you think about that in terms of what, what are these toxic substances that we're ingesting during pregnancy? Is it the food we eat um, here in the States, especially? Is it, you know, in our our environment that's causing our babies to have this response? On the basis of these studies, O'Reilly proposed that GDF-15 might have evolved to protect people from poisoning themselves and to shield a developing fetus from toxic substances. It's not necessary to eat a lot and gain much mass in early pregnancy, so it's far better off being cautious about what you eat to protect your offspring from toxins. Um, the results suggest that people who have generally low levels of GDF-15 could be given increasingly high doses of the hormone while trying to conceive to desensitize them to it and reduce their chances of experiencing hyperemesis gravidurum during pregnancy, which is similar to allergy testing and, and treatment. So when a family may have a history of um, like a peanut allergy, that's one of the new ways of treatment is introducing peanuts earlier um, in like a powdered form, watered down powdered form, um, 
to have that exposure, kind of like an exposure therapy. And these results, um, you know, most people have low, so that people who have the generally low levels of GDF-15 could be given those um, those doses as they they before they even become pregnant. So I mean, it's like a lot of lot of like I said, allergy or even vaccine type therapy is what they're saying. Essentially, like just giving doses of it before it becomes an issue, so your body can start to build up for it. Um, the problem with these treatments, of course, with any treatment. Uh, during pregnancy or even related to a fetus is that it's experimental. Experimenting with fetuses and expectant populations are generally unethical um, as the side effects can have dire consequences. And the findings do help with the relationships with providers and patients because, yes, now your provider could say, okay, this is really an issue. They may not think of you as just being in your head about your nausea or that it's not as bad as you're explaining it to be or you're just not eating well, treating your body well. But of course, we know that anytime you bring up any experimental changes or, you know, different types of treatment and care, when we talk about black and brown bodies, it's something that you have to be really um, careful about because you don't want to find yourself in a position where things are being made worse or that somebody's practicing and testing on you or your baby. So I think that there's going to be some Um, people that are going to gravitate wanting to have this type of treatment and therapies. And there are going to be people that are absolutely against it um, and want to allow the body to do what it's naturally doing, right? And that is basically protecting um, the baby. And I think the power of the fetus itself to protect itself is just a reminder of just the beauty and a miracle of pregnancy and birth. And those are just a few of my thoughts on it. I'd love to know what other people are thinking as we're learning more and they're becoming more answers um, out there for some of the challenges that people have been going through forever um, about pregnancy and the different challenges that especially nausea can bring um, and vomiting and knowing that Um, I think some people feel more validated knowing that there's um, some actual research out there to back up their claims and know that it's not just pregnancy itself that's causing it or that it's not just in their head of what they experienced throughout their pregnancy. So again, I love to know people's thoughts. So I know this is our our audio version, but we love comments. We love, love feedback and just let us know what you're thinking. All right. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. Hi, it's Danielle. Laura and I are in the throes of holiday preparations. We can barely get a day in to wrap the gifts. I want to share our latest parenthood cheat code, factor ready to eat meal delivery service. I know I shared about the meals last month. This month, I want to talk about the other options. Factor has the lunch and dinner meals covered, but there are breakfast items as well as some fresh pressed juice and smoothies. I know all other parents can appreciate the grab and go options. I like to pack a smaller cooler of snacks when I head out with the kids and this keeps me from overspending on food and I can make better, healthier choices for myself and the family. They have some delicious smoothies. The kids have really enjoyed like the mango, strawberry, banana, all your basics, but just really fresh and you can actually taste the fruit. Okay. It's not just sugar, which I can appreciate because sometimes you can buy these um, smoothie drinks 
like at the store and it's just all you taste is sugar in them really. So I really like them and I know the kids enjoy them. This December, you can get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh meals and snacks delivered to your door. So head to factormeals.com slash birthstoriescolor50 to get 50% off. That's code birthstoriescolor50 at factormeals.com slash birthstoriescolor50 to get 50% off. 